My name is Yuri Lowenthal. My name is Travis Intel. And you are awaited. We did a thing that time. We, do, we just and we didn't plan it or anything. Here's the thing. This is a Mad Max Fury Road podcast where we watch four minutes of Mad Max Fury Road at a time and we talk about it until the time runs out or we run out of things to say. The latter of which has never has happened. Has never <laughs> ever ever happened. And we just did six. Uh, sorry. Tw- 20 through 24. 20 through 24 minutes, 20 through 24, the most pulse-pounding action I've seen in it's, weeks since the last time I watched Mad Max Fury Road right. with we, Yuri we, Lowenthal. Uh, that's, I, you know, I have that to look forward to uh, every little bit. You know, my eyes were dilated from, uh, from a, uh, an eye appointment that I just went to, and it was still uh, amazing to watch. Yuri doesn't fuck around. When he watches no. Mad Max... He watches I want, it I want, I want it all. Dilated. I want it all in there in my eyes. I've dilated my eyes so I can actually fit more Fury Road into my head. <laughs> that makes me so happy. We should do drugs and or dilate our eyes before, before every ev- podcast. I feel like I've done drugs every time I watch four minutes of this with you. Listen, I don't... Neither one of us really does drugs. But should we do an episode uh, in the future where we, where we do drugs? Drug? No, we do drugs. We do we drugs. Watch, we watch the whole movie. And just be a... Okay. <laughs> I'll say we'll leave that to you guys. You guys let us know if you want us to do drugs. Uh, you can you can propose what drugs you want us to do. You've really stepped out we'll of the see. comfort oh, zone. I really now. have. I, yeah, okay. So I didn't say we would do, take their advice. I mean, I'm, I'm actually I mean, I'm I don't think that would be wise. Would say. I want to know what people would say. I okay. Yeah. I, um I, I before we get to the the 4 minutes, which yes. there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. A lot of details we should One go back favorite, and freeze frame. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. No, you go. Um, there was a comment on uh, the boards that I just wanted to address quickly. Yeah. Uh, really nice comment from a gentleman whose name I forget. I should have written it down. That's okay. Who said, please, for he God's sake. He's very handsome, though, I remember. Good looking guy. Really eloquently written comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, for God's sake, read the prequel comic. A lot of your questions are answered there. Right. This is the comic you've been asking me to read. Yeah, haven't we already addressed this in the fact that I yeah. told you that yeah. a lot of the... Because yeah. I've read it, yeah. and it's sort of a running gag now that you yeah. you almost can't so read it So I wanted point. to apologize directly to that person, who I am sure is correct, who I'm sure gave uh, uh, good advice to me to read mm-hmm. the prequel comic. Yuri uh, read it and gave me that, and I have l- not read it. But I have also said that I don't believe that it's fair to make a movie that requires you to read a comic book or in the case of... Prequel novels. Um, Star yeah. Wars, that shall not be named. Right, or, or in, in the case of uh, Southland Tales, right. where there were like three graphic novels that were required reading to even start to understand the film. I don't believe that's fair. I agree. I believe that's, that should be something that can add to your experience, which is, I feel, what these prequel comics are. And to that note, I do believe that what we set out to do here is two guys who are huge fans, mildly conversant in film, talking about Mad Max Fury Road, not as experts to you, but as fans exploring it and talking through it. Because I do think there's value, even if you're wrong, in hearing someone talk through things that may be incorrect, yeah. uh, just to hear the, how that process works. So we intentionally, not I hope not out of laziness, but out of intentionality, don't go uh, t- to research these things before we talk about them. You, what you're hearing is live in our honest reactions to yeah, things. Yeah, it's so. partial laziness. Okay. It's mostly. I didn't want to have to. I just. I, I, I don't want to have to. I do got any work away with it. I felt like this. I said it. In a you way did that... great, and then I. I'm the lazy one because we established. Uh, what, what? I'm the. I'm the druggie. You're the. I'm the idiot. You're the idiot. Wait, did we establish you're the right? idiot? No, I'm the. I'm like the. You're the, the slacker. Lazy one. The you're slacker. the slacker. Slacker idiot. So you're the slacker. Okay, so so it, it is laziness for you. 
at least based on the character that we've created that is Travis Centel. <laughs> I'm not wearing pants right now. Yeah, well, that's not a character thing, though. That's just, that's me just, being what, me. That's just how we do. Um, so this four minutes, let's get I, to it. I would like to jump in with one uh, thing before we get into the four minutes. Because um, we'll have, I mean, we're, we're going to be here for a long time as is. But I just want to touch very briefly on two things that occurred to me as I was thinking about Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Because... That is the one that, that keeps coming back to me because, you know, a lot of people say, no, it was genius. Or it, you, you, you pulled up the, uh, the review from... Um, yeah, uh, Siskel and Ebert uh, gave Siskel it four Ebert, stars. It four stars. Or four thumbs but, up or whatever they did. Yeah, but yeah, 18 thumbs up. But they clearly had only watched the first 20 minutes. Based the entire on review was the first act of the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, arguably, I would give more stars to than the, the rest of the film. However, in... Um, questions that have come up, um, well, let me, let me just put it this way. So in, you know, things that are recurring themes and things that tie back and forth between films mm. or explain things from other films, um, in Mad, in, in Beyond Thunderdome, mm -hmm. uh, there was a, a blind saxophonist. Yes. And in here, it's a blind guitarist. guitarist. Okay. Connection. Okay. okay. Callback. Okay. Clearly, he's, he's refining it and he does it better. Also, this. One of our huge complaints was he's walking, you know, Max is walking through the desert and he runs into, you know, these uh, Lost Boys. Right. And they're in this place where there's like water in the middle of the desert. And we're like, where the fuck did he walk to that there would be water in the middle of the desert? Mm -hmm. This movie, where does he get the water from? He pumps it up from deep inside the ground in the middle of the... They're surrounded by desert and he's got... It's the same place, yeah. I think. Oh, it's 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 that sanctuary from Thunder. I'm not saying Thunderdome is a good movie, but That's I am saying that all of a sudden it makes sense. Someone said to me, the same gentleman was like, "Oh, this movie is a sequel, not a remake. Do your research or some version of that." Right, but um, I, but I think so. Listen, has either George way, George Miller said that. Is that canon? I, it, it, it's it, it, the way he said it made it seem like that was the case. Okay. Well, I mean, that guy clearly is more researched than we are. Yeah, and we'll give you and props. the way he writes clearly more intelligent. Right. Which fair enough. Um, I I think that your points are super interesting and supports both of those ideas. Whether it's a refining of a, of a loose idea into a tighter idea, right. or whether it is in fact a continuation of a narrative and a place. Right. Both of those are super cool. But you're right. I think I think one of the things we should have been better about that you, I mean you've been great about it actually is is tying into those threads that he continues on whether it's the boy picking up the oh. hair or yeah. you know that you're very very good about tying those threads I think well, I'm, in a way I'm, that I'm, I'm very more, well I'm bad. also more familiar with the previous movies than you are. So those those are in, I'm so in my, blinded in my brain. by things I don't like sometimes. I'm unable <laughs> to see things I do, which makes me great on first dates. <laughs> See, perfect, perfect. This is this is it's, it's the sugar and spice. Uh -huh. I'm not going to tell you who's sugar and who's spice. Well, clearly I'm the this, curmudgeon right now. You're, the and also, you're very sweet. In I'm your eyes, sugar. you guys. Listen, we can't talk about this anymore. We have to get to the four minutes. But Yuri's eyes are beautifully large right now. Thank you, thank you. I can this, see through time. <laughs> this is a great chase sequence. Um, Yuri, what's your uh, what stands out immediately as your favorite uh, moment of this chase? Sequence? Uh, my favorite moment and the moment that, as much as I love this movie from Jump Street. There is a moment that happened in this sequence that took it way over the top for me. And that's when the, the war boy gets spiked in the face and we first really see the witness, you know, him spraying the silver in his mouth um, and, then, and then committing to, to that, that final act where he just launches himself holding, 
you know, the, the, the amazing, two javelins. And, uh, yes, an amazing action sequence that culminates for me right there. And one of these culminations is that moment of, of it, time seems to suspend for a second while he does this amazing leap onto the car yeah. to blow up these little porcupine guys. Uh, there is this theory um, in, from Roman times on of a mm -hmm. good death. What is a good death? Yeah. And for warriors, a good death in battle. This is what George Miller is showing us because one of our characters is denied a good death later on in the film right. and then later is able to sort of uh, reconcile that and, and, mm -hmm. and die a good death later. But we see here a perfect death. This yeah. is what everyone wants to get is what this right. guy does. And, and what Immortan Joe has told them is the best way to... I mean, that's... You know, yeah. that's how you get people to, to live and die for you. Yeah. Is to convince them that that's, that's the way to go. It also introduces the idea of, and it's, I, I find it very interesting that mediocre is the, you know, the, uh, the put down yeah. in here. It's not you were terrible or, you know, it's you were mediocre. Like you weren't even terrible. Yeah. Like you were somehow middle of the road, which also is a comment on, I think, filmmaking. I mean, you know, unintentional. I'm sure he didn't put this in there. Yeah. But, I mean, I would rather see a movie that goes balls out like this and take a lot of chances and be either horrible, which are some of my favorite movies, or great. I would argue that I have less, you know, of my favorite movies are great movies and more of them are terrible movies mm -hmm. in a way um, because, of, because of the risk uh, involved and the madness involved. Um, but the idea that mediocre is so much worse than bad yeah. in this world. And, and it, actually in my, in my brain. Oh, that's really interesting. I had never really The half-life of that. bad is mediocre. Oh, half-life war boys. Oh, look at mediocre. That. That's what I'm saying. We did it. Oh, look Crack at that. Code. This, watching this movie, make I, I believe it makes us smarter. I think so. I know. I really do think that. I, if nothing else, in the comments we get to read, where people explain to us, right? Explain to us how stupid we are. Well, or how here's how you be smarter is do this thing. Yeah. Um, I I love the concept of a good death. It's something. There's a there's a, a lot of classes in college I took on just war theory and and what it means to fight a just war and how do you die good deaths and what does that mean and what does your moral code say about you if you know how you want to die says a lot about how you want to live, right? Um, and the way that when they see this guy get spiked to the chest in the face. They all, every, it shows us, it takes a second, the movie takes mm -hmm. a second to show us how many uh, war boys around him take a second to look at him, and that becomes yeah. the focus of everything for yeah. a moment for them. He, uh, it, Nux is like, get up, man, get up, do it, do the thing. He yeah. manages to get up, spray his face with chrome, and, mm -hmm. and to, to, to have that good death where he sacrifices himself for the greater good in this heroic moment after asking everyone to witness his her heroism. Yeah. And, he, and when they do, they, and they do witness him. I mean, obviously, this is our uh, Mad Max 1, uh, Remember Me, whatever his... What's yeah. the battle cry from uh, Toe Cutter's uh, group? Was it, uh, remember, was it Remember Me? Um, the, I, am the, I am the Knight Rider. I, uh, oh, maybe it was... God, but there's one guy who, who dies yeah. a good death in that yeah. movie, and they, they remember him. And, yeah, and, and, and they, they refer to him throughout. Yeah. yeah, don't forget this guy. Be like him, be like him. And here it's just been refined into a nice, crystallized moment. So this is really precise storytelling. There's no telling going on. It's all showing mm. what does it mean to be a hero in this world? What does mm. everyone aspire to? What is the end game of this battle for them? That is the best case scenario. And he shows us this yeah. in the middle of this beautiful battle in a pretty moving moment. A, 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 a heroically moving moment. And, and you're right. It is so important to them that they literally are being attacked and defending themselves. Mm -hmm. And they all stop for this moment to, 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 to honor him. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and it's to, because what, and it's to cheer him want. on. It's what they want for themselves, and they know that it's one of these beautiful self-fulfilling, self-creating tribal things where by giving it to him, they get it for themselves. Yeah. So, you know, by worshiping your ancestors, you know that when you die, you will also be worshiped as an ancestor. It's a way of right. preserving longevity. It's a way of preserving life after death. Uh, and here they're giving this to him. They, 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 they want what he has mm -hmm. and they give him that in hope of uh, one day uh, achieving that or attaining that. Um, and later, of course, Nux fails to to die in battle, he doesn't. Right. He, he right. does not get the, the death he, he wants, and and arguably, I mean, inarguably, I'd say, goes on to a better death. Yeah. At the end, and I think. Spoiler I think, alert! I'm sorry. Spoiler alert! Right, that's okay. If if you're if you're listening to this podcast, please. Well, if you're watching God. the movie along with us, that'd be weird. Yeah, yeah. If you're watching it four minutes at a time, so I know weird. they always said on the uh, on the podcast uh, the the worst idea ever. Yeah. They said, please don't listen. Listen to our podcast, enjoy it, but please don't. Let this lead you to watching Grown Ups too. Right. Ever. I, I yeah, that. they change their tune later on, but for the longest time, they're like, "We'll talk about it, but please don't let this make you watch Did it." Did you ever watch Grown Ups? I've too? never watched Same. it. Same. We should watch it together. I was hoping you wouldn't say that. Yeah. But I, yes, that we should, but yes, we should. I think I read in an interview uh, with George Miller. He explained the whole spraying the chrome in the mouth thing was taken from. Um, Soldiers, I don't know if it was in the Vietnam War or, but they would take these little Buddha uh, statues that they had on their. Uh, on uh, strings around their necks, and they'd put them in their mouth when they would go into battle. Hmm. Um, and this, for him, was a similar thing. And yet, and yet, I think this is so much cooler. It's so much cooler. You know, and, and, and I thought at first, and I don't know whether this is the case or not, but I thought there was also something in the, just besides the, the, the imagery of it, um, and the, 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 you know, the totemic, you know, reason for doing it, I thought that there was probably some, you know, amphetamines, you know, or something in it to just put you into a berserker rage sure. as you, as you go, as you go. But I've since, I guess, you know, talk people say, oh no, it's just, it's just, just fucking pain. It's just, it's just a symbol. I, I really, really love, uh, I mean, George Miller said this, you know, the whole film is an allegory. You can, you can make whatever you want of it. Um, and I, and I, there's this very human storytelling need that we have that symbols and scenes and actions work better than academic narratives. And there are so many pieces of that simple act of spraying chrome on your mouth and then sacrificing yourself after you've been injured in battle. It's, there's almost too much to talk about and unpack because it's mm -hmm. such a loaded, beautifully perfect metaphor and, and symbol for what these guys want and what afterlife means to them and what religion means to them and what they think it means to sacrifice for a greater good. All that's packed in there so nicely that I really think you could write a term paper on just that one moment. Yeah. Also, agreed. you and I have been talking. I'm sure you guys have seen it. Uh, the Amazon reviews of the Chrome uh, yeah, spray for the for baking for cakes, or whatever. Yeah, we're gonna have to do that on camera for. Because I, I, I own that stuff. I bought it as soon as before, before it even like I went and researched it before they started doing the reviews. Before of, they started doing the reviews. This looks delicious, but will it get me to Valhalla? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> Um, and because I at, at Comic Con, uh, I I did it when I was at Comic Con at the at the Geek and Sundry party in in the middle of the dance. I yeah um, yelled witness and sprayed it in my mouth, and then a bunch of other people. <laughs> You've um, been a Dante Bosco has, also had to do it. He's like, I need some of that. Is it, wait, is it safe? Is it going to get me high? You know. Um, but uh, it, it it leads to 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 a good question that's never fully explored in this. But I can I also imagine that if you do that. You gotta die. So, so when Nux, you know, when he when he sprays him himself and goes to die and then doesn't, so embarrassing. Um, it's got to be hugely shameful to have to show up with that shit on your face and you're still alive. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a great point. Gotta be. Yeah, we should. When we get to that, let's talk about that more because that's uh, yeah, super shame. I mean, yeah. listen, Nux's arc is so perfectly crafted. Every moment here, he gets he's to watch. The, this he's guy. got the best. He's got the best story of, of anybody in the movie. He does. He really does. Um, uh, oh, also, congratulations on your Mad Max uh, pictures you took trending. Thank you. Super that's right. cool. They were on on Buzzfeed. Yeah, great pictures. Yeah, thank you. That was like a year and you were the ago. lead. Lead photograph. I there. was well. I had a mohawk, so it's, uh, I guess I kind of, I kind of, <laughs> I was kind of begged for it. Your hair grows really fast. It does. It does. And I'm already tempted to shave it again. I looked at those photos. I looked at that, that photo shoot, and I went, "Ah, oh, so badass." Yeah, it was badass. You guys check it out if you haven't seen it. It's pretty cool. Um, okay, so this is to me, in my mind, this four minutes is is some of the best live action, clearly not CGI stunt work. Um, I mean, so far, certainly, and in, in mm-hmm. some cases in the movie, because there's some really good stunts in this sequence. So good. Cars are getting rammed, the lances are, are, th- are getting thrown, K- guys are get flying off these trucks, you yeah, know. swinging around, catching other guys, saving them from from certain death. Also, the, the, the whole teamwork angle on this shows up in many different ways. Yeah. They're, they're about to get run down, the one guy swings off, grabs the other guy, you know, pulls him from the car before yep. it gets hit. Yep, it's constant. Um, Furiosa and her, you know, her first mate, you know, her, her second in command, what, you know, whatever his position is, they clearly have this thing down where she's like, as the car's coming up, she's like, go, and then she, you know, flattens the, the accelerator and they swing out and they've got a whole plan thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these are highly trained guys. To be fair, it's a warrior culture for these guys. That's all they do is practice this shit, I think. And they yeah. and here we get to see the results of their practice. But you have mm-hmm. guys flying off motorcycles. You have cars getting blown up. You have cars getting rammed. And we really start to get a, a deeper sense of the pragmatism of the design of this world. Yep. You see, um, you know, the crane on top of the car swinging around, mm-hmm. which is fucking badass. Yeah. You see the 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 uh, repurposed cars and all the different versions of those things, and they're all repurposed to a specific design. Did you notice this thing when she jams her foot in to keep the her, the accelerator going? Did you see what that it's, was? You know, is, isn't it one of those things that you measure your yes. foot when you're holy shit? I just you know that I just noticed time. that too. Yeah, it's a foot measuring the way you go to the, the shoe store. Yeah, uh, she that's that's built like, in, which is exactly a perfect use for that thing. Yeah. Yeah, fuck George Miller. That's so good. God, I know. And 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 you know, setups and payoffs. Talk, talk about you know the, the the design informing the world and everything being practical. The uh, early on when they're loading up the truck and you see on the sort of on the wheels of the rig, there are these like pieces of rubber or canvas that are sort of blossoming out like a flower around the mm-hmm. set. And you're like, I wonder what that's for. And then of course when the the buzz saws come up. Yep. And they're, you know, they're bouncing off of it. It's, it's protection for, it's flexible protection for mm-hmm. the tires. Like mm-hmm. everything, I, for me, there's nothing more rewarding in a film than set up payoff. A hundred percent. You know, also, that's what makes a film fun. It's I that, think. it's and that. that's another piece. It's like a, it's like a, a, a Cold War arms race here. It's, it, to me, I don't know if you had the same uh, reaction when you learned when you read Dawkins for the first time or really, really started to dig into how I evolution know who worked. I that is. Uh, Richard Dawkins, the evolutionary biologist. Like when I started really reading in depth about evolution and, and this uh, arms race of survival mm-hmm. that happens in the animal kingdom, and you start to see how every sort of micro adaptation is combated by a different predator micro adaptation that sort of combats that. That and, it's, and then they have to escalate and escalate and escalate. Mm-hmm. And this this tree, you know, this triceratops gets armor on its neck, so then this guy has to get longer teeth. And this happens over the okay. course of millennia. And, and really looking at animals and sort of in their microcosms and learning how predator and prey relationships work in those environments is really fascinating because you start to see the animals in a different light. You go, oh, all these elements that you have are adapted to very specific purposes. 
and watching him here start with these car designs and say, okay, cool, well, this is how they'd attack it, so how would they defend that? Well, they do this. Well, then what would the other person do? It right. seems like we've seen an evolution that's, and the reason it feels so rich is that we're picking up this evolution, you know, eight, 10, 15 iterations in the future where they've had a chance to get this depth to it. So it's not like, oh, here's a car, here's a car, they fight and whatever, which is what most movies feel like. Mm -hmm. He's saying, okay, cool, if this was the original car, what would the uh, attackers make to defend, right. to attack that car? Well, this, okay, and then, and you see that escalation on screen and you don't know it at first when you see it, but you feel it. You're right. It is it is a rapid evolution that we see and, and some, some fantastic entrances of different vehicles. Like the first vehicles come up not working, then from the fucking smoke, you know, pours this this next thing. Well, if that didn't work, then we've got the 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 buzzsaw. Yeah, boom, that didn't work. Yeah. Then the the fucking truck comes through with the with the crane on the back of it, or with yeah. the you know the 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 cat, and whatever not, the yeah, shovel. Yeah. And not just Steam cool, well, the super cool, not just cool, but like how it would happen. You wouldn't want to risk your big expensive crane truck if you didn't have to. Right. You want to go out and throw some lances first. You send your minor scout cars mm -hmm. ahead. Hopefully they'll take it down with some lances and some buzzsaws. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't work, send in this guy. If that doesn't work, send in this guy. It's an escalation of uh, of not just necessary escalation of uh, sort of need, but it's escalation of risk for the attackers too. What are we willing to risk to get this uh, con uh, convoy? Like, what can we risk to do yeah. this? Do we want to put all our eggs in this basket, or do we want to like we'll risk seven cars and that's it? And if that doesn't work out, whatever. Um, also, what's really cool about this is that, and we've talked about this before, and I think we should always come back to it, which is the editing of this film and how you can always track what's going on in action sequences, which is really, really hard. But just when I think, okay, I'm in it, I'm in it, I understand what's happening, he gives us this beautiful overhead shot establishing yeah. the entry of the other group. Yeah, and like the it, sound design. Uh, you know, so all the things basically that this film won Oscars for. Yeah. Um, and, you know, editing, I could not think, you know, I read an article the other day about how, sure, best film would have been great, best director would have been great, but the real triumph for this movie is editing. Yeah. If you want to know the texts Yuri and I send each other, it's just articles about, about Mad, Mad Max. About Mad Max, back and forth. And lots of emojis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bitmojis and emojis. Yeah. And Mad Max articles. We're super cool, guys. We're old. We are, we are, we are so, so cool. Yeah. But the editing, I mean, it's, this sequence... Alone, I think yeah. it would win the Oscar for her just because it's this is not easy editing. I feel like I mean, no. it, it, at one point she even uses a cloud of dust as a mask for a cut point, right? Did you see that in there? I didn't even see it, I but felt, I would not I, be surprised. I feel like it is a mask for a cut point, but it just feels so fluid and so uh, precise, and yet you always know exactly where you are in the fight, who's on what team, and this that's hard in the desert scene where all the cars kind of look alike, and there's war boys, and there's three there's three camps here. Right. There's a lot to track. There's yeah. the war boys coming after Furiosa, there's Furiosa, and there's a third party trying to take down Furiosa also. Right. So there's a lot a lot of different conflicting loyalties and allegiances to follow here, but yeah. you don't ever feel lost even on a first view. Right. I, right. I think. No, I didn't. I, 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 you're, you're with them the entire time. You can't help but you're dragged along with, I, I don't know, it's... Uh, this film is just fucking magical. I can't, I <laughs> it's can't. mad magical. Mad magical. All right, what other stunts did you think were really cool? I mean, this is a stunt-heavy sequence. There's like a couple lines. Witness, witness me, witness him. Yeah, I love the sort of the evolution also. We learn more about Slit, the character, you know, his, uh, yeah. uh, Nux's Lancer. 
and about just how fucking crazy he is. Yeah, he's doing right. He's that lands right past Max's head. I could but, do without that line. Hey, that's my head. Yeah, that was a little. Yeah. Here's yeah. the setup. Uh, Mad Max is tied to the. Oh, another hey. thing we should talk about. Mad Max is tied to the front of this car. They're going right. really fast. He's going through the dust. It's scary. Great action sequence. Um, mm-hmm. Nux throws not Nux. Nux's lancer slit. Slit throws a uh, exploding spear. This is all very hard to say. Yeah. Right past Max's head. And Max, a little bit in an Acme cartoon sort of way, goes, that's my head. Yeah. Which I could do without. Yeah. It is It is one of those lines that, that you don't really need. And I can only imagine, you know, Tom, it was one of those moments where, you know, Tom Hardy, we already know that he was having difficulty sort of seeing the vision of this, where I'm sure he said that line and he died a little bit inside. He was like, it's not quite droid, droid please, please um, dying droid, inside. Please. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> definitely not as racist, though. <laughs> true, true. Well, has that going forward, I think. Um, um, right after that, though, yeah, uh, we have our first uh, eye eye contact. I was just going to yeah. and Max Rockatansky. Yeah. Rockatansky. Which also, uh, we'll get to the what, Polish overtones of that at some point. Right. That that's a racist name, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, because this is this is their first contact. Oh. Um, you know what I love about it? What it is. It does so much to me. It does so much character work because those that is the calmest eye contact interaction. They're yeah. in the midst of literal fucking chaos. She's right. being hunted down. Might die here. He's strapped to the front of a car going fifty miles an hour right. through the desert, having spears thrown past his head. Yeah, and blood, this, blood draining from yeah. literally draining from his body into the and driver. They, and they have this beautifully silent, pretty calm exchange of like, "Well, here we are." Yeah, we're just doing this thing right now, and this is the way the world is, and it's the right choice. It's such yeah. a beautiful choice, I thought. Yeah, to have that not be like, hey, who, yeah, who are you? help what me, you, yeah. you got to help me, and I'll yeah. help you. You know, whatever. Very that resigned is. Yeah. to their fate. They're just very resigned to what's happening, and yeah. that's that but to they, me is. But they both see each other as outside of this. You can tell in the look that they oh, exchange. Lovely, lovely statement. They're they're not part of oh, I love what's that. going on. I, Yuri, nice the, work. The shit that comes up as as we're talking that I figure out. What I, I mean. The beauty of what we're doing, and I'm sorry, listeners, um, it goes back to this being so much more about, <laughs> this is so much more for me and Travis yeah, yeah, yeah. than it is for you guys. That um, I, As much as I love this movie, us talking about it like this and being on the fly and not being able to, um, you know, use the crutch of going to the internet to, you know, this and that, and while we're talking about it, it's forcing me to come up with reasons, or, or under more understanding why... I love this movie so much. Yeah, and as as much as like I, we do, we do read articles and stuff. I really try hard to not bring that information into the podcast. Yeah, uh, legitimately. Like yeah. with the time we saw George Miller, I thought we it's cool to talk about it and talk about things he said. But really, I I do want to explore the film with you and talk through it, um, kind of from a, you know, wide-eyed baby standpoint. Because um, yeah. it's it's it feels more exploratory and less uh, teacher teachery. I'm not. I'm yeah. not here to teach anyone anything about no. anything. But no. I, I do think it's we're, interesting we're discovering to explore, as we go. Yeah, to explore a film. Plus, um, plus, I love the idea of you as a wide-eyed baby. Oh God, I, I just watched baby. Two Framed Roger Rabbit again this morning. Wow. And speaking of wide-eyed babies, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you more about why off podcast. Okay. Um, unless you guys want to hear, in which case, sorry. Um, they don't so, want to hear. We've, we've we've already learned that what they want to hear about Mad is Max. Mad Max. Someone, stick to it. So one of my friends did uh, reach out to me and say, hey, you guys talk too much about Mad Max. I'm, I don't want to listen to your podcast anymore. And I said, what? I said, to be fair, it is about Mad Max. <laughs> and she was like, granted. <laughs> and that was the Just so you know, we're also working on the whole audio levels thing. It has come to our attention far too late uh, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing um, or 
that 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 when uh, when the podcast goes out, sometimes you have to turn your volume up all the way. But we've done um, it. We fixed it for this episode and hopefully future episodes. Yeah. So we may you. even go back and fix the old episodes. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. But please, guys, thank you so much for your feedback on that. It really and helps for sticking us with us because we don't always, um, uh, you know, listen to them before we put them out. No, I do listen to them. Whatever, it doesn't matter. No, I yeah, it's. It, but I, I don't always recognize that it's it's not, okay. You know, anyway, so um, other other stunts in this scene because there's a lot. Oh, there's oh, one thing I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so there's this great George Miller thing that he does, which is, it's just it's the precise speed where your brain can track it, your eyes can follow it, uh, but it feels so lightning fast. Where a guy flies off of something and his face flies towards camera. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. It's it it. There's something about the human face that's that gets us on a gut level yeah and a face flying towards camera a face contorted in sometimes sort of the eyes bugging out yeah in an unnatural way is powerful yeah and that this is i think the first moment in this movie we get that it's been in other mm -hmm. films but we we get it uh here where this guy flies off of his car gets rammed from behind or whatever happens yeah explosion behind him and there's this fire the fire fills the screen mm -hmm. and this face flies towards us at an un incredibly unnaturally rapid speed yeah and then it cuts immediately out of that and you're, you're still in the action sequence yeah and that gets me every time and it is so much better and so much more organic and so much more george miller than a moment right near the end of the film where something flies towards screen that was easily that was so easily um a studio you know saying look we need more three if we're doing this in 3d you got to give us some 3d poking stuff you know out of the screen right and i didn't get that from this face moment you're talking about and from many of those moments but i did get it later on from i never from, i never saw this movie in 3d Oh, bless your heart. Yeah, it doesn't, did. it doesn't gain, there, nothing is gained by seeing it in 3D. Do you remember Step Up 3D? Yes, I saw it in the theater. Same. Uh, do you, this is the part of the podcast that's people the next, hate us well, that's, for. I know, I know. And that's, but, we'll start our own podcast about the Step Up movies. Do you remember the when movies. the Slurpee flew towards the yep. screen? Yes, that I was, do. That weird green, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's raining all the, yeah. I, I just want to say, that was great. Yeah, it was, you know, every now and then it works. Okay, so um, there's three. So, go ahead. There's other so stunts. stunts. We were talking about face flying through. The, yeah, stunts. Uh, some some of my favorites are the uh, are the ones where people are flung from through the air mm. from cars that are exploding, crashing, uh, whatever, and then they hit the ground with force, and mm. the and the and they just like a rag doll, um, and it's every time it every time I see it, I know they're trained professionals, and every time it hurts. Yeah, there's so many. Undeniably un-CGI'd real moments in this opening sequence of like, of of just cars, just ramming and exploding and and flying and blowing up, and this yeah. even again not to go back to the strategy, but that where our friend here gets darted through the eye and the chest, even that strategy is very very clear. These is armored protective cars, and I really have to think he took. He took um, a cue from this uh, evolution animal world idea because that, the strategy with those armored cars is tear the protective armor off, exposing the soft underbelly, mm -hmm. then you throw a lance in there and you shoot it. It's like it's, it's yeah. the same way you'd kill an armadillo or a porcupine. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. You porcupine, literally a that's porcupine. That's what I'm saying. Those yeah. spiky cars. I have to think that he he thought this through in terms of the animal kingdom being an inspiration. But they've built this thing that's very hard to attack. It is these spikes are not only just good to keep cars away from. The car, mm -hmm. you know, to prevent it from being rammed or from, whatever. From jumping onto the car, too, because yeah. that happens a lot. But it'd yeah. be a great deflector for lances. If, you, if your mm -hmm. lance is trying to get in to the, to the meat of that car, um, 
to get into the white meat of the, the park. Get to use the white Angeles. meat. You used it. Uh huh. I was trying to work it in. Yeah. So reference. Uh, yeah. If you haven't listened to the Frangela guest episode from last week, they, we get to the white meat of Mad Max. Yes, we do. Uh, but but th that's a great defender against a lot of attacks in this world. Lances, ramming, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So the strategy then is if you get a lance in yank it, pull that protective gear off, mm -hmm. exposing the two drivers, and then dart, lance them. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. exactly right, but it's something that requires a little bit of, well, not a little bit, but a lot of thought to think about how that would actually work in that world, mm -hmm. and to build the apparatus to just go ahead and make that happen. So yeah. I just thought that was really, really clever, really, really smart. Agreed. Uh, and here, uh, the, the moment we ended on, by the way, oh, Yuri, tell them about your idea. I would love to uh, take a, a photo of where we freeze frame, like where we stop at at each four minutes, and then post it. I don't know. We'll go. We know where we stop. We'll go we'll back and do that because yeah. we've talked. We've referenced the closing frame in most episodes That's true. so far. That's true. This uh, one. This is, one is particularly good. It's so good, you guys. It's so good. We'll throw it up on Twitter, um, maybe even before the episode. I don't know. What do you? I would love this image in my in my house. Yeah, I, w I w that, that I would love that to be the entire wall. I would, um, I would walk around. In that moment, the spark that's closest naked. to us looks um, like they threw it in in, uh, post. in post. But it, it goes by so fast that you've never... I mean, it's still badass looking in her face. What's uh, happening is the um, the rotary blades, the, uh, the... What do you call them? Yeah, the, the buzz saws. The buzz are, saws are coming in. The way, that, the way that these work is they've tried to attack the tires with the buzz saws, right. just strategy-wise. They've tried to attack the tires. That has been unsuccessful. Right. They Go brought the, the crane in to try to knock some stuff out. Now they're going to the driver to try to take out the driver. Yeah. Um, again, very tactically smart. Uh, no one, no mm. one in this movie makes decisions that aren't motivated, I feel like. When you're watching a battle and people do dumb shit, it drives me crazy. Yeah, agreed. All the people attacking and all the people defending tend, with a couple exceptions, to make mm -hmm. pretty great decisions. Yeah. So you think, okay, this is what would happen. So they're coming um, to the buzzsaw, uh, they're coming to the driver to buzzsaw her. That's where we end. Furiosa's ducking away from the saw that's cutting through the yeah, door she's, of her. Yeah, she's literally jumping through the screen to, to get out of the, uh, of the way of the buzzsaw. Not literally jumping through the screen. You're right, you know, literally, I use that yeah, you're right. I mean, she's in the screen still. She's still in I'm the screen. I'm looking at her. She is, yeah, she is. That is not a literal thing. Uh, I, I wish she were literally jumping oh, through the screen same. and landing in my lap. Same. I know. We're still sitting on Brokeback Mountain pillows. Yeah. That's really, it, it steals a lot of our, it steals a lot. Machismo? Yeah. Uh, speaking of machismo, we're introduced to one other item here, uh, which is the wives crawling into the yes. car. Yes. So this let's talk the about the first that. time. Yeah, yeah. Well, work, work, okay. work us into it because so far okay. we know that because, jo or Morton Joe goes to find his brides right, are gone or right. something's gone. Exactly, um, they're they're not there. We know she's. We know uh, Furiosa's gone off. You know, off the the the, the ranch, um, and but we have not seen. I mean, as far as we know, this is just a tanker film. We've not seen any of the. We don't the, know the, the plot. Wives. We don't know the plan yet. Really. Right. We know that she's stolen, presumably women. Right. Because he, does he say wives? Um, when he goes in and, and gets in, that woman tries to shoot at him and fails. Um, he, I mean, he calls out for them. He yells and names and, out, and, and, and he says, "Yeah, he yells names out, and he says, where has she taken them?'" Or okay, so we have some yeah. sense of what's happening, maybe not quite clearly yet. Yeah. But here, what we see is in a really beautifully framed shot, we see the the first most bold, possibly, mm -hmm. uh, of the wives. Um, or concubines, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but it, it's the the pregnant one, isn't it? Yes, isn't it is. It's the blonde, yeah. Anger, the, the, the splendid, the you splendid know her name? Ang Angarad. Of course you know her fucking name. They're what all... is it with you and the names? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Wait, how do you, honestly, sidebar, how do you know all these names? I've seen it seven times. Yeah, but they don't, they don't ever say the names, Yuri. Well, he yells out, splendid, when he's... Oh, like, it does say, and then, of motherfucker. Course, and, then, and I like to watch the credits. 
Let's, okay. I like to watch the credits. I'm that guy who sits in the movie Same. theater. I know that's one of the reasons we get along. I like until well, I sit, the credits are done. Yeah, but I'm. You know what it is? I think I'm looking at actor names, not character names. Yeah. Yeah. Because usually well, by and, the and time the credits, they've all got such weird. They've all got really weird names. Yeah, Rictus Erectus. There you go. Lord Humongous. There you go. It's your favorite. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so so oh, anyway. Uh, bef- yeah. Uh, sidebar on that. Um, if you guys know of guests that you'd like us to have, we're really interested in doing more guest episodes. Please oh, tweet yeah. at us. Let us know if you think there's guests we should try to get on here. Yeah, okay. we've got we've got a couple in reserve that I, that I'm really excited about. Um, but uh, but yeah, let us know. We'll 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 try. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll reach out. And you guys can help us. You know, tweet blast them. I don't I don't right, know Twitter exactly. very well. Okay, so anyway, this the 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 we, the wife of the concubine is crawling up from the back of the tanker. Right. And in a great sort of pan shot, you know, it's, it's, it's all action, action, fighting, fighting, and then they reveal this woman's, you know, sort of very, you know, Ethereal. out of context. Yeah. It almost feels like, um, what's her name, Kate Blanchett from uh, Lord of the Rings. It's this white, mysterious, mm-hmm. beautifully untouched, unsullied mm-hmm. glimpse of white amongst mm-hmm. this desert battle of fire and dirt. You see this uh, beautiful woman clad in mm-hmm. white crawling from a tanker into the cab. And right. she says to Fiorosa, we're choking back there. We can't, we yeah, can't, can't breathe. breathe. She goes, you have to stay down. And then all of a sudden, this bus all comes to the door. And right. that's where we cut. So, I mean, it's just continually storytelling, continually elevating stakes, continually expositing whilst in the middle of this insanity. So in this one four-minute sequence, which is just all it is, is a fucking chase it's, sequence. Yeah, it's just a, it's a, yeah, it's just a chase, it's a battle. But look at the things that it's so done. Much. It's done all of this good death, it's done all of this religious imagery, it's it's firmed the war boys up as a team of, of people who, who love what they fight for, love each other, support mm-hmm. each other, are a, a real Roman fighting unit. I really, mm-hmm. the more I watch this movie, the more it feels very Roman to me, all mm-hmm. of his inspiration in terms of you know how they act, what they what what they want to be, how they fight, um, how they're trained. These are mm-hmm. Roman soldiers, you know. And he even gives them yeah. Roman names. Some of them, Erectus, uh, Erectus. Yeah, and Nux yeah. is not un-Roman. No, I don't it, know it actually, I'd love to. I'd love to to find out to to delve deeper into that name, because yeah. everybody's name, you know, everybody is their name means something do you think that um you know nux is the one obviously with the full scarification of the mm-hmm. the, the engine on his chest and his sternum and mm-hmm. his stomach uh which is super dope and really cool idea yeah. do you think originally it was like i'm gonna do that by the way i think i'm gonna do that do you want to get tattoos i think we should totally yeah i think we should i'm not averse to that okay. i'm a little averse to it let me be clear <laughs> i'm clearly a little averse to it because i have zero tattoos i also as have much zero as I tattoos. tattoos i have zero tattoos um, but I Maybe wonder we'll if it convince was... somebody else to get a tattoo. A man has a tattoo of my face on his back. You know that, right? I, you know, I learn a little something new about you every time. Uh, I was in a bar bet in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And, uh, I love you so much right now. And it was a drinking contest. And I won't tell the whole story. If you want me to, I'll tell you off, off air. But a man uh, got a life-size tattoo of my face on his back. And it's my face as a cat. So I have whiskers and cat ears, and I have cat claws holding a bottle of Jameson on his back. And it's enormous. And if you had lost the bet? Uh, I had a beard at the time, and I, he would have gotten control over my facial hair for a year. And he said, if I win, I'm going to make you just grow the neck beard out for a month, cut out, shave everything else. Then I'm going to make you grow it all out. I'm going to dye a penis into it. And you have to keep that. And then I'm going to shave the, the number 69 on the other side. And then he had this whole plan of for a year. I said, so basically I'm giving up talking to anyone or having a job for a year. He's like, yeah, but that's the bet. It's a pretty high stake bet. 
tattoos are forever. Agreed. I think he got the worst of it in terms of the bedding. But also, whoever sees your lower back if you're a guy, and it's my face. So I think... So, so not only just on his back, but like tramp stamp. Like it's a tramp stamp. It's my face on it as a tramp stamp. It's, it's, listen, everyone lost in that bet is how I feel. <laughs> my face is on a man. He has my face on his back. Also, I have a bit of a lazy eye in the tattoo, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Because you don't have one. For, for those of you listening, he doesn't have one in real life. Thanks for saying that. He may be lazy, the lazy slacker, but his, <laughs> his eyes are fucking on point. If you guys, if it, here's, my, here's my bet. If, if uh, 12 people tweet at me and say, post the photo on Twitter, I will post the photo of my tattooed face on Twitter. That's all it takes? 12. I could be 12 of those people. No, you I, can't be any of those okay. people. Damn all right. It. All right, anyway, moving on. So we're going to wrap up here in a second. We're at 40 yeah. minutes. Um, yeah. Final thoughts about this um, sequence. You... You, uh, no, you go first. Okay. Um, uh, you're, the moment you picked out, uh, even while it was happening, Yuri was talking about that witness me moment as being something beautiful and iconic. Uh, I love it. I love any deepening of the mythology and the mythos of these characters. I love how uncheesy spraying your face with chrome felt. Yeah. Because that moment is touchy from a filmmaking perspective. Sure. Because that could be real goofy. Mm -hmm. And if it plays goofy, it undermines this entire, not just this entire sequence, but a lot of the mythology of the War Boys. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel cheesy. It feels mm -hmm. intense and great. And it's a very emotionally powerful moment. Um, I also love, in this particular sequence, the concurrent storytelling of action, forward progress of narrative, and constantly evolving attack strategies that expose this evolution idea that we've been talking about. It, it engages you on so many primal levels of your brain. It's this topical action chase sequence stuff. There's a theological level to it below that. There's a mechanical level to it about how did this world evolve and how do they interact and how do they fight. Also, there's a character level below that where it's like what are the motivations of all these different groups? Yeah. This group wants that, this group wants that. She's trying to get it away for, for reasons we don't know yet. There's a huge, there's a guy uh, with a guitar who's leading this other charge to go. It's so much happening. You never feel lost, but the second you allow your brain to sort of delve into it, it is, there's so much to think about in this sequence, I think. Yeah, I, I second all of that. And I want to uh, bring back something you said earlier, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot, and that is, you said earlier the idea of how you, how you want to die says something about how you want to live. Yeah. And I would like to ask you personally, Travis Santel, that question. Yeah. What, what about the way you... Uh, see, this, this is tough, this is tough to, to pose exactly. Because I don't want to imply that you're dying anytime soon. But is, is there, do you find that there's a way that you live and we don't know how you're going to die. I mean, I could, I, could, I, wanna... I could cause it to happen. Wow, this got really dark. It, it, got, it, got, it got very dark Are very fast. Are you threatening me right now? <laughs> I, may, I may be. This got really weird, guys. Um, but how, how about the... Hey, here it is. How about if you could choose the way you were to die, how would that reflect the way that you live? Yeah. Well, obviously, I want to die eating an Oreo and a Reese's Pieces peanut butter cup whilst javelining myself onto right, a car Right, gloriously on the Fury Road, yes. Uh, if, if that can't happen, um, and I assume that's how we'd all want to die. Everyone yeah. listening. I, yeah. I, it's, it goes without saying. Um, I would love to die uh, in bed, mm -hmm. uh, uh, surrounded by people I care about. 
Um, Naked people you care about? No, not fucking. I'm oh, not talking you said about in fucking. bed. Okay, yeah. so, so like. No, but no, so, I but, don't want to collapse. Here's the thing. But, it's but, very so you igno- want to die in a sick bed? Like, no, like a- listen, it's very ignominious, ignominious? ignominious to, to die and then collapse on the ground. I feel like I want to be like already in my resting position. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't want to fall, is right. what I'm saying. Um, but not as, not necessarily, maybe a sick bed. That's okay to me. Um, but I want to, I want to feel um, that I've done the things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and feel content because there's certain parts of my life I feel content with. I'm like, you know what? I did. I've done that thing, and mm-hmm. I'm. I feel content about that thing, and I want to feel content about more things, and I want to be around people I care about. Which which represents uh, you in life and and the the friends. How much how much friends mean to you? And yeah, the, and I, I and, and how you're always terms. trying to do so many things. Yeah, I think you've you nailed know, it. I I hadn't thought about it in those terms, but. Um, but yeah, I think that, that those are the two things most important to me is to really live life to the fullest, do, mm-hmm. do things, li- you know, engage mm-hmm. with life, which means traveling, which means doing things, seeing things, uh, learning, changing, but also friendships are very, friends are like the most important thing. What about you? Are you are my good friend. Oh, you're my good friend. His name is Travis Santel. His name is Yuri Lowenthal. And you are awaited.